This reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, the 22nd chapter, begins with the 34th verse. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them this question. What do you think of the Messiah? Whose son is he? They said to him, the son of David. He said to them, well then, how is it that David, by the Spirit, calls him Lord, saying, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet? If David thus calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one was able to give him an answer. Nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. Here ends the reading. 613. That's how many commandments there are in the Old Testament according to tradition. 613. 365 of them are negative prohibitions. You shouldn't. Don't do this. Don't do that. So there's a negative prohibition for every day in our calendar year. So every day you shouldn't be doing something that you're not supposed to be doing, according to the Old Testament. Every day. Now, what's interesting is there's only 248 positive ones. So every day you don't have a positive thing you should be doing. You just, you've got mostly negative things to be doing. So just remember that. No. But 365 negative, 248 positive, so the weight is on the negative. And the lawyer, and again, we, we sometimes get confused here about who this lawyer is. It's a person who's schooled in the law, in the Torah, is really what it is. Not necessarily an attorney like we think of, but they performed a similar function when people would come and say, well, what about this situation? What about that situation? They were schooled in such a way that then they, they would offer an opinion. They would give counsel on what people were supposed to do with these 613 commandments. Now, Jesus had just come from schooling the Sadducees who were different than the Pharisees. We don't know as much about the Sadducees as we do the Pharisees. But he just got done schooling them. They'd ask him a question about marriage, and I don't want to go into that, but he just silenced them, basically, as it says here. And so now the Pharisees want their shot. They want to see, they're trying to sort of trip Jesus up here. They're trying to get him to see, you know, what is going on with him. And so the lawyer asks him, and, and the way it's translated here may not be exactly how he asked it. Basically, the lawyer said, well, which, which commandment should we really pay attention to? I mean, there's 613 of them. Which one should we really pay attention to? 
And so Jesus gives us what I'm calling today the Cliff's Notes of Faith. And we've heard these and, and we know these. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is part of what faithful Jewish people are to recite at least three times a day. It is on a scroll that is tacked on the doorposts of most faithful uh, Jewish folks as you come into their home. It is part and parcel of the center of the Jewish faith. And so then, because Jesus is a faithful Jewish man and then is teaching us about the faith, this is the center of it all. So love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest in first commandment. And a second is like it. Now, this is what's very interesting is that everyone would have known this first one. Everyone would have been, yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. Uh-huh. That's right. That's the center of our faith. This is it. But a second one is like it. You should love your neighbor as yourself. See, the Pharisees who were very focused on the law, on understanding it and living it and and trying to do things to keep themselves from violating it. Traditionally, we call this putting a fence around the Torah, putting a fence around things so that you don't violate, right? A fence is to keep people out or to keep people in. It's really to try to keep you from violating the law of God. They were very focused on on the rituals and on the law, in some ways, as Jesus called them out in his life with them, in very much in ways that maybe weren't beneficial to people. That Jesus would say that they had, they'd missed the point. Yes, important to adhere to the law as a faithful Jewish person, but the law is intended to change your heart, not just change your outward actions. And so Jesus comes and gives us his cliff notes of faith. And then years and years later, as the church gets developed, and as people begin to engage back as the Reformation got started, they wanted to go back to what they thought was the center and the core of the faith of following Jesus. Because people felt like the Roman Catholic Church had gotten too far afield. They thought that it had gotten more about building, you know, St. Peter's Basilica, more about honoring the Pope, more about praying to saints, more about, you know, this sort of transactional faith with God rather than a living faith where we honored God and honored our neighbor. And so the the reformers then come, try to come back to the heart of the scripture, try to come back to the heart of things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Unless one person thinks that this is some addition that Jesus adds to things, no, it's not. It's actually in everybody's favorite Old Testament book, Leviticus. Most of us think this is just rules and this and that. And yes, it is. And many people, if they try to read through the Bible, Genesis to to Revelation, this is where they fall asleep at night, you know, is Leviticus. It's not easy reading, but there's some amazing stuff going on in Leviticus. And one of the themes there is about the neighbor, about the foreigner, about the alien among you, about the least of these, 
though it may not say it quite that way, but it is very other-focused. In Leviticus, it says, do not glean your fields to the edges, but leave some for the foreigner and the alien and the needy among you, that they might come and get some. There is just this preponderance of saying that having faith in God is also about caring for those around us. But what do we do? Throughout time and history, we get focused on the rules, on the appearance of things, on how things are done rather than the why we are doing things. And we have to be called back. We have to be called back to what the heart and the center and the core of faith is. The question for us as Christians, I think, is how is what I'm doing, if you want to cliff's notes of faith and action, how is what I'm doing loving God and is how in what I'm doing right now loving my neighbor? How is what I'm doing benefiting those outside of me? And how is what I'm doing showing my honor to the God that I believe in, the creator of the universe, the one who has redeemed me, the one who sustains me? And so this is not just something, something that we sort of will on our own. That's the, that's the beauty of the Reformation is that the, the Reformers realized that This sort of works righteousness, this this, if I just do all the right things, then I'm good with God, was really a man-made sort of thing. I mean, the law, the law is great. The law demands righteousness. And and over time, if you hear about it, well, well, you've got it, you know, don't dance, don't drink, you know, all of these sorts of things. That's that's sort of a, a law trying to get you to righteousness. But it sort of misses the point, right? Because the prophets then, because Jesus says this encapsulates the law and the prophets, the law is about righteousness, the prophets demand justice for those on the margins, for all people. So if love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself encapsulates the law and the prophets, this is about righteousness and it is about justice for all people. And yet at different times we get focused on one or the other. Just think about where we are right now. In the realm of Christianity and the 3,000 plus denominations that there are out there, the Roman Catholic Church and the Greek Orthodox and all of that, you will find different denominations and different congregations focused oftentimes on one or the other. They're focused on the law, trying to get to righteousness. We do all of this stuff right so that we can be right before God, we can look right before God, we can do all of these things and we do all of these things well. And then there are others who get criticized by those folks because they're, they're just, they're super focused on justice, on social justice. And perhaps they forget the heart of the faith that social justice comes out of a foundation of loving God with our heart, our mind, our soul, our strength. But how are we to do this? Because again, the reformers realize that we're broken. That, that big theological word, sin, 
is real in us. That we are inclined, would be a nice word to say it. We are inclined to look out for our interests first, so whatever suits us. If I want to talk about, oh, well, we don't do that or you shouldn't do that, I'm generally benefiting myself because I'm pretty sure that I do all these things right and that I'm living this very right life. And if we talk the other way and say, well, you know, we're not really into all this other stuff, all this all of this ritual and routine and, and all of these rules, but we're loving our neighbor. Our inclination is to look at the other with judgment. And then we turn it into sort of a works righteousness. Because that's what we understand. That's, that's how our mind works. That's how our culture, supposedly, we live in a meritocracy that if you work hard, you get stuff. Well, that's just baloney. I know people who work really hard who have nothing. I know people who hardly work at all who have everything. It's something we've made up in our minds. And we also make it up in our faith. We think that our God is a transactional sort of God. And our God is not. Our God is a grace-filled God. Our God is a God of mercy but also of justice. God gives us what we don't deserve. And so how do we live out these commandments? How do we live into these cliffs notes of faith? Well, the reformers would tell you that it's only by the Holy Spirit that that in our practices of prayer and study, in our practices of worship, that all of those ought to lead us to Christ's righteousness within us And that that leads us to God's holiness. One writer said that holiness is the work of God in us. In Leviticus, God said over and over and over again, you shall be holy because I am holy. God gives us God's holiness. It's God's work in us that allows us to critique ourselves, to humble ourselves before God and to live from this foundation of love the Lord, your God, with all your heart and your soul and your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And this is the hardest work you will ever do. Because if we're honest with ourselves, we're always probably going to get it wrong. Because sin and pride and all of that creeps in. But we rely on the Holy Spirit because it is not our righteousness that saves us. It is Christ who gave us his life, who gave us his spirit that we might fully live this life of faith. So may we make a lifetime of studying, not just the Cliff's Notes, but the whole book of faith. Amen.